0: why hello and welcome to a very special episode of why you should play it's been an eventful year for the industry from the many highs and lows of game releases to acquisitions layoffs studio closures leaks and hacks I was still determined to do some form of a yearly wrap-up episode that remains in the spirit of this podcast the optimistic positivity that's born out of enthusiastic evangelism. I hope you enjoy this highlighting of games that my friends and I felt flew under the radar, went underappreciated, or even were underrated. Without further ado, this is why you should play 2023.
1: The underrated game I wanted to shout out from 2023 is Ghost Trick Phantom Detective. It was originally a DS game that came out in 2010 and achieved a cult-like status where everyone who has played it agrees that it's really cool, but unfortunately it was just overshadowed or lost to time until this year where it finally came out. So the premise of Ghost Trick is you are a spirit and there's a mystery that you have to solve within a 24 hour time period and you do that by interacting with objects around you rather than uh, people themselves. So for example, if there's an umbrella that's next to someone you can manipulate that to open it and like surprise that person but you can't impact the person directly. The way it also melds with the story just makes it incredibly impressive where if it was just a fun puzzle game I would still be recommending it on this channel right now but the fact that it blends into the story and Everything just kind of fits with each other. Additionally, every song is just perfect and really fits the scene that's going on. And the game doesn't overstay its welcome too long. And in that time, it manages to vary up the gameplay pretty dramatically. Because when you play the first level, you think you might understand just, oh, this is how the game is. But as the, the game gets deeper, you unlock different little quirks that make the gameplay a lot more interesting. Along with this story, all of the characters are just incredibly well-designed and striking. The main character himself is just a perfect design, and it perfectly fits the time it came from, and given that it's another game from Shu Takumi, who is the creator of the Ace Attorney franchise, striking character designs just go well perfectly with his games, and they don't feel out of place in the world that it's set in, where it's a very absurdist and a lot of crazy things happen, but also they just fit perfectly. And some people may be thinking, how come I'm choosing a remake in a year that had so many great games? I think it's important for to highlight this game specifically, just because of the nature of its release, like I mentioned earlier, where it was a cult classic DS game that was stuck on the DS forever, and it was so tied to that kind of system, where every action that was done in the original was done with the touchscreen and the stylus. So I just really wanted to use this opportunity to commend Capcom for doing such a great job remaking this game because they took a game that was entirely touch-based and made it fit perfectly as a game that you could just play with a controller or on PC. They just made a perfect console port of a game that probably never would have ever gotten one if if Capcom wasn't in this renaissance period. To wrap things up, I just want to emphasize just how strong of a game this is. Where, like I said earlier, this is a, one of the best years in games, by far. And a remake of a 2010 game is still one of my favorite games of the year, just because of the sheer quality of Guns in the Port, as well as the original material, where it just surpassed all of my expectations, essentially. And I think it deserves a ringing endorsement because of that. So, even though this year is stacked, I think Ghost Trick absolutely should be on your list of games to play. And there are dogs in it, they are cute. And I think that's all I really need to say. Thank you.
2: So in the middle of September, I was unfortunate enough to get COVID for the second time, and it knocked me out pretty hard. So I was in bed for a few days, and I was very thankful that I had a Steam Deck. I mean, let's be real, I am always thankful for it. This game had been on my wishlist for a while. I honestly can't remember where I became aware of it. So it's kind of hard to remember where I first saw this one. But in this game you play as a small child Thor who is tricked by Loki of course into causing a great catastrophe. So he sets out to stop the mess that he caused. Very plot oriented of course, that's about as far as it goes but the gameplay is very rewarding and grows in complexity as it goes on, which is what I really appreciate about it. The key mechanic is Thor's hammer, of course, which you can aim with like fine-tuned precision and then throw it, which will kill enemies, but also it continues to bounce around the screen, up like back and forth between walls or at angles, until you either recall it with a button or jump up and catch it. So this creates cool moments in both combat and in puzzle solving, You know you may need to throw the hammer at a very specific spot to cause it to bounce and hit an enemy you couldn't reach otherwise or knock a box into a button or something for a puzzle. The game also introduces new mechanics at a perfect pace. Every few stages it adds something new into the mix like it could be a double jump or a dash move, wall jumping, uh, charge throws, ground pounds, just things like that. So every few stages it is totally changing up your abilities which is therefore making the stages more and more complicated as it goes and also a greater variety of enemies and even like different tasks and then as it goes it does get pretty hard which I you know I like games like this it's not quite you know super meat boy hard or some of these like really really hard games but it is definitely in that like pixel perfect platformer vein as it goes on but I always felt it was fair which I think is one of the most important things in a game like this The health mechanic is also cool you are one hit killed unless you have a heart but you can collect multiple hearts or sometimes the hearts when you grab one has a number in it and those act as a timer when you get hit so when you are hit you lose the heart and it kind of bounces around the screen and the number you have of hearts is the number of seconds you have to grab it and regain your extra hit it's very similar to how baby mario functions in yoshi's island so add that in with the different mechanics some cool boss fights and i've And I just think you have a very fun indie action platformer gem. I definitely recommend playing the game if you're into these action platformers. And it's really cool to see a very small indie game that's so polished and fun to play.
0: Hi this is Sam from the No More Heroes and Signalis episode of Why You Should Play and I'm here just with a short recommendation this time for a game I thought flew under the radar for 2023 and that game I chose is Lunacid and it is a first person dungeon crawler inspired by the old PS1 and PS2 from soft games like Shadow Tower and Kingsfield and if you are a, a fan of those games then I can't highly recommend this game enough. The developer Kira, who is made up of one singular dev lead programmer and artist by the name of Akuma Kira, who's been making these small throwback style indie horror games for quite a while now, has created what I think is a wonderful, delightful, zen-like, but also disturbing and ethereal dungeon crawler experience that I have have yet to have played a game qu- anything quite like this other than the influences it wears on its sleeve. It is a more than just a simple homage and throwback to that era. And it is chock full of charm. And if you are looking for something off the beaten path and need and need something short and that you can play in a weekend and get yourself lost in this creep, creepy and delightfully disturbing world of uh, eldritch whores, then... I can't strongly recommend Lunacid enough. It is one of my favorite games of the year and is easily a very underappreciated one in that. And happy holidays and have a happy new year.
3: Hello, Wispians. It is I, Moki Moki. Here to talk to you about one of the most underlooked games of 2023 and my personal game of the year, Void Stranger. Developed by System Erasure, a collaboration between Erho Latinen, who also composes all their music, and Antti Ukula, two indie game dev guys from Finland with a solemn duty of making games that are something else. Their own words, not mine. Now in my own words, uh yeah, the games these lads cook up are definitely something else. Coming hot off the heels of their 2018 shoot 'em up masterpiece Zero Ranger, they've released Void Stranger on September 1st, 2023. Void Stranger is a 2D Sokoban-style puzzle game. For those who don't know, Sokoban is a famous Japanese block-pushing puzzle game. And if you just look it up, you'll see exactly what the gameplay is. Void Stranger starts off with a simple premise of a woman descending into a mysterious cave and finding a magical rod that allows her to pick up and place tiles on the ground in order to make her way to the staircase on each floor and descend deeper into the void. It is presented with a simple but effective 8-bit look on la Link's Awakening and accompanied by an incredible soundtrack that enhances the atmosphere of a slow descent into madness down a seemingly unending and ever-complicating but increasingly mysterious cave. The puzzle progression is very smooth and fair in the way it will introduce a new mechanic, allow you to experiment with it on some easier puzzles, and steadily ramp up the difficulty until eventually combining multiple mechanics at a time, as most great puzzle games do, like The Witness or Baba Is You. This is a game that is best experienced with as little knowledge as possible, so I will try and keep what makes this game special as vague and as brief as I can. Void Stranger excels in its ability to layer in a unique, thoughtful, and genuinely emotional narrative that perfectly ties together with the gameplay presented, Alongside the upfront puzzles on each floor, Void Stranger hosts layers of the game deep beneath the surface that almost sprawl as deep as the void itself. This is the type of game that encourages you to keep a journal on the side, jotting down notable sites, discoveries, impossible hypotheses on what floors may be containing secrets and where those secrets may lie. The game asks a lot of the dedicated player who wants to uncover everything this game has to offer but the payoff for solving the mysteries results in one of the most satisfying and hype endings to a game I have ever had the pleasure to experience. Void Stranger was always going to be a title that went overlooked in the flurry of great 2023 game releases, but I believe given time, it will slowly crawl up to being looked upon as one of the most well-crafted and clever indie titles of the past decade and in the same conversation as some other revered indie titles such as Hollow Knight or Baba is You, and I hope my voice can do a small part in persuading even just a handful more people to check out this incredibly underlooked and exceptional video game.
4: It's back. I'll keep it brief, I'll keep it obvious. I'd like to shout out the Metal Gear Solid Master Collection Volume 1. They brought back three classics. They're on PS4, they're on Xbox One, they're on Steam. These games are never gonna get left behind again. They're, they don't need any more ports. We're just gonna keep going backwards compatible. And more importantly, we don't need any remakes of these anymore. Metal Gear Solid 1 has had two native platforms. If you tell me about Twin Snakes, I will fight you. Metal Gear Solid 2 has had six platforms. Metal Gear Solid 3 has had five. But when you look at it like that, oh, okay, it's been on a couple of things. The thing is, is that the newest consoles that they have been on have been Vita, 3DS, PS3, or Xbox One or Series X consoles running backwards compatible with 360 versions. So no longer do you need to either have an old copy of a game or have old hardware to properly play this. In a landscape where video games are just, you're never gonna be able to shake off the inferiority complex that they have compared to movies and tend to just dump the actual game part of them and go so hard into the video. We just need to remember that Hideo Kojima, even with the man Hitting all the movie, game allegations, he still made a game. Underneath the whole production, the camera angles, the codec calls, the cut scenes, the voice acting, he still was able to make a game underneath it. They were framed in a proper way. They had the music and the mood. Just listen to this track. Just He took all of the big budget production of what you would expect of a movie and was able to take that and then put it in tie it into the interactivity of well what he calls tactical espionage action. It's such a key piece of this medium's DNA that has that inferiority complex and it's never getting rid of it at this point to see that there is something that he landed on that everyone else stole and never did properly. But this is a medium that is constantly wanting to look way more like toys than art at this point. And the fact that all of these games have been re-released, they are true to their time. There isn't really any edits that they needed to do. They thankfully just slapped the... Message at the beginning that says this may have outdated politics on it. These games are... Made, they are the Blue Point versions. They are the definitive versions, and you just sometimes need to be able to look back to understand the art that is underneath all the business that has buried this medium, and... Uh, play them.
5: was good everybody thank you so much for having me on this special episode of why you should play i'm here to talk about 2023's most forgotten game most underappreciated game most overlooked game y'all know what i mean i'm here to talk about fantavision 2020x What makes Fantavision 2020X different from the original Fantavision back on PS2? Not a whole lot to be honest, well Fantavision is pretty much the same game as its PS2 counterpart back 20 plus years ago, but has the gameplay changed? No not really. Fantavision is a real time puzzle game that relies on quick color matching and symbol recognition from the player. As this stage starts some flares or fireworks get launched in the screen and they hover for a period of time and you as the player are tasked with connecting at least three of these flares so once you press x you can blow them up and score some points and watch some fireworks yep that's pretty much the game you just connect flares and make some fireworks is it the most complex and deep narrative in gaming no is the gameplay that deep no not really is it fun as though yes and is it cool to look at Absolutely. So why am I talking about this game out of all the 2023 games? Well, when I was asked, what are some of your most favorite forgotten games of 2023? Nothing fits the description better than Fantavision 2020X. I would be surprised if this game sold like 5,000 copies, to be honest. Fantavision is a cult hit, but that's what it is. A cult hit It was never really this huge multi-million seller. So the fact that they brought back Fantavision out of all IP was so interesting to me. So, I made sure to check the fine print of FantaVision 2020X. And yes, Sony still does own the IP and franchise, however, FantaVision 2020X was not published by Sony, it was published by its developer. Cosmo Makia, a Japanese developer, and they weren't really known for much else other than FantaVision 2020X. This game is also on PC, so it's not just a PS5 exclusive. It can also be played in VR, but I played it in the standard mode since I don't have a PSVR 2. And, yeah, I still can't get over the fact that, like, I just want to see the pitch meeting of this game. Like, a random developer just goes up to Sony or Shuhei Yoshida or Herman Hullos. It's like, hey man, can I borrow the FantaVision IP and make a game with it? And Sony probably does not give a about fantavision anymore clearly since they didn't publish it so sony was probably like yeah go go ahead man whatever we we really don't give a about fantavision just make whatever you want and that's what we got a straight up classic version of fantavision no new direction no new gameplay hooks or mechanics really this is straight up classic fantavision the way you remember it back on playstation 2 in the year 2000 and you know what i'm glad I'm happy for that, because FantaVision 2020X was a fun time, that lasted me a few hours, got the Platinum Trophy, and I highly recommend it to anyone else who has a PSVR 2, or just wants a classic PS2 style game. Will FantaVision return? Well, that's why we have PlayStation Productions, baby. That's it for me. Thank you so much for allowing me to gush about FantaVision for a few minutes. I hope everyone enjoys their holidays, their new year, and gets ready for 2024. Thank you so much once again, and I'll leave you to it.
6: In a world saturated with gaming options, Dave the Diver stands out as a shining example of creativity, innovation, and sheer entertainment. I'm thrilled to take you on a journey into the depths of this remarkable gaming experience and explore why it has captured the hearts of players worldwide. First and foremost, let's talk about the immersive world that Dave the Diver presents to its players. From the moment you dive into the game, you're transported to a stunning underwater realm filled with vibrant colors intricate marine life, and mysterious landscapes. The attention to detail in the game's graphics, as simple as they may appear at first glance, is nothing short of breathtaking, creating an atmosphere that feels almost tangible. The visual aesthetics alone make Dave the Diver a feast for the eyes, and an unparalleled escape into a mesmerizing aquatic universe. Now let's dive a little deeper into the gameplay mechanics that set Dave the Diver apart. The developers have masterfully crafted an intuitive and engaging control system that makes exploring the underwater world a joy. Whether you're navigating through coral reefs, dodging obstacles, interacting with the diverse marine life, or serving sushi at your local restaurant, the controls are responsive and user-friendly. The game strikes a perfect balance between accessibility for newcomers and complexity for seasoned gamers, and ensures an enjoyable experience for players of all skill levels. What really makes Dave the Diver shine is its commitment to storytelling. The narrative is woven into the fabric of the game, creating a sense of purpose and adventure, whether you're diving and collecting new types of marine life or you're serving sushi just down the road. As Dave embarks on his underwater journey, players become invested in his story, rooting for him as he faces challenges, discovers hidden treasures, and encounters intriguing characters beneath the waves. You'll also have time to root for him when dealing with difficult customers or demanding critics as they come into the restaurant. The storytelling not only adds depth to the gameplay, but it also elevates Dave the Diver to the realm of a really memorable gaming experience. One of the key elements that contribute to the success and the fun of Dave the Diver is its emphasis on exploration and discovery. The game encourages players to venture into uncharted waters, unveiling secrets and unlocking new areas that keep the experience fresh and exciting. This sense of exploration fosters a connection between the player and the game world, creating a dynamic and ever-evolving adventure that beckons you to dive in again and again. Let's not forget the importance of sound in the game, and Dave the Diver definitely delivers on this front as well. The meticulously crafted soundtrack immerses players in the underwater ambiance and enhances the overall experience. The soothing melodies and authentic sound effects contribute to the game's emotional resonance, creating a symphony that complements the visual splendor And the gameplay dynamics. Dave the Diver stands as a testament to the limitless possibilities of the gaming industry. Its stunning visuals, intuitive gameplay, captivating storytelling, emphasis on exploration, immersive sound design, and change between genres of games within a game itself make it an excellent game that deserves recognition. As we continue to navigate on the ever-expanding seas of gaming options, Dave the Diver emerges as a shining beacon, reminding us of the magic that can be found in the art of game development. So my fellow gaming enthusiast, this is why you should play Dave the Diver, and I urge you to do so soon.
7: Hello ladies
8: and gentlemen, this is me, Johnny Waffles. I am here to discuss the game from 2023 that I thought went undernoticed or underappreciated. And of course, my pick is Pizza Tower. Now, Pizza Tower is a game available on Steam and Steam only. So you gotta kind of be in the PC space a little bit to grab this game. But hopefully, eventually, it comes to consoles. I'm I'm keeping my fingers crossed that soon we'll have some sort of announcement that Pizza Tower... Will be coming to consoles. Pizza Tower is a 2D side-scrolling platforming game, kind of similar in vain. I think it takes a lot of inspiration from the Wario Land games, uh, where you play as Peppino Spaghetti, who is the owner of a pizza shop, and his pizza is overtaken by something. His pizza place, I, sh- I should say. And this huge tower emerges and you have to climb the tower and each level of the tower has different levels, different themes, themed worlds and stuff, and different bosses, of course, in each level. And of course, like with any game, it gets progressively harder and harder as you go on. I mean, it's it's basic video game stuff here. But what I enjoy about Pizza Tower is how much fun it is to play. Of course, I mean, obviously, you know, I wouldn't be gushing about it if it wasn't fun to play, but this this game is really kinetic in certain ways, especially towards the end. So how each level is set up, except for the boss levels, is you have, you know, 99% of these levels anyway, you have, you know, your basic platforming level where you can discover secrets. You have to, you know, you can pick up people and take them from one part of the level to another to get more points. You have a huge combo meter where you, you, know, you, you rack up the combos by defeating enemies, and, uh, and that gets your score up. You can take your time doing all that, but once you get to the end of the level, you destroy the statue, and then a timer starts, and it's usually about a minute and a half. You have, you have a certain amount of time to get from the end of the level back to the very beginning, and I think that's really where this game shines for me the platforming is great and I, lo- I love the platforming but it's it's a sense of urgency that you get when that timer starts and the music hits then you know that your time is limited and it's it's you got to get to the back to the beginning of the level and you have it, it's it's the fast paced music it's the fast paced gameplay and what this game really wants you to do is try to memorize the level Uh, Really learn the level you got to learn it forwards and backwards because you have to go back through the level and That's that's such an ingenious thing to me. And usually, you know, I love Metroidvanias and stuff like that So when when a game like this Teaches me to learn the entire level kind of like I would with a Metroidvania where I can I can just jump through the level really quickly forward and back that's that's brilliant game design, and I, I love the concept of the game. Now, the art is somewhat off-putting to some people. It looks like it was designed in Microsoft Paint, so if that's not your style, sorry. Uh, I I think it's beautiful art. I love the art style. Um, I'm, I'm an old-school, creepy art kind of guy, hearkening back to my days watching stuff like Ren and Stimpy. Y- you gotta enjoy that kind of art to really get this game. So the soundtrack also is... Immaculate. It's a it's a top ten video game soundtrack of all time for me personally, and I love video game music. So it, it says a lot that this soundtrack. I I can listen to this soundtrack from start to finish. And this is like three hours long. Like this this soundtrack is amazing. You gotta listen to the soundtrack. This soundtrack. This art style. This gameplay style. Where you are going fast if you want to, especially at the end of the levels. Like there's There's really no game like it that I can think of. You would be doing yourself a disservice by not playing this game. Uh, You have to experience everything there is to experience with Pizza Tower. You have things that you can can do in each level, um, objectives in each level if you want, or you can just rush through it. You can speed run the game if you want. There's so much variety in this game. I highly, highly recommend it for anybody that enjoys platformers, anybody that enjoys beautiful art styles, anybody that loves video game music, you gotta jump into Pizza Tower, 100%. It's worth your time, it's worth your money. Go buy it on sale, go buy it full price. Support indie devs, of course, because this game you ain't gonna get from a traditional publisher. You need to play this game. Trust me, it's amazing. And one last thing before I go, shout out to Judy Alvarez, my beloved from Cyberpunk 2077. Love you, Judy.
7: Nichiwami and Asan Straw Hat Ninja here. What games I think I want to shout out for this year that I think will go kind of under the radar or not appreciated as much as they should be. I thought of two specific ones. The first game came out really early in the year. I think it was January or February, and that is Fire Emblem Engage. Now, I love the Fire Emblem games. Three Houses is still one of my favorite games of all time, just because of all the content and how good the story and characters are. And for the large part, Engage did not get the critical appeal or approval that that Three Houses did. And the reasoning is just the opposite of what I said, because a lot of people aren't as high on the story and characters for this one. It feels a lot more like a 90s anime episode than the well-fleshed-out characters that were in Three Houses, which is fine. Glad they did something different. But what I will say is that I feel like the combat, and visually, it's a lot more appealing than Three Houses is. The combat just opens up a whole lot more with the the emblem system, which the characters engage with, and it basically is a form of a Super Saiyan power, like you get the powers of the old legendary Fire Emblem heroes. And this just opens up so much combat possibilities, it's crazy. And the story is funny, and interesting enough to at least keep you around but the gameplay is the real star here and the longer that the year passes the more I keep thinking about this game because I do have the DLC and there is like a story expansion so I definitely want to go back at some point but uh, but yeah definitely give Fire Emblem Engage a shot if you haven't already and then the other game that I want to give a shout out to is one that I didn't come to until just recently and that is Mystery, Detective, Archives, Project Raincode. This game came out around June and I didn't play it till probably a couple months ago and it's kind of just been sitting on my backlog. I'm a big Danganronpa fan and that's the, who created this game so I was excited for it but I was a little skeptical that it would not live up to the Danganronpa name. And while I don't think it's as good as any of the games, it's still a really good game and definitely worth checking out. The story is a lot better than I expected it to be. It's really interesting and has some unique twists at the end that really surprise you, I feel like. And the characters are really good as well, which I'd expect that from the Danganronpa creator. He definitely does a good job of creating zany characters the one issue with the game is that the graphics and performance are kind of rough and that's because it's a switch exclusive right now but eventually it's going to come to pc and playstation and xbox so definitely check it out then if that is a, a big issue for you but for the most part i didn't it didn't bother me too much and i really enjoyed the mystery labyrinth gameplay which is kind of like the class trial that was in Rompa, so it's definitely worth checking out and it's a game that I feel like a lot of people didn't play, me included, until recently. So even though this year is full of tons of different games, definitely check out these two because I feel like you will not be disappointed by the experiences that you get from them. Sayonara!
9: My pick for this year's underappreciated game was easy. Stray Gods, the role playing musical, is developed by a new indie studio hailing from Australia, called Summerfall Studios. In 2019, while announcing their studio, they launched a crowdfunding campaign to fund their new musical venture set in the world of Greek gods and myth. I had been let down by crowdfunded games previously, but this time I had faith as one of the founders of the studio, and the creative director was a Bioware veteran and the main writer of Dragon Age, David Gator. I absolutely adore musicals and I love Greek mythology, so I was already sold on the premise, but the cherry on top of everything was the fact that the legendary video game composer Austin Wintry was going to be responsible for the music. After four years of Stray Gods the Role Playing Musical was released in August 2023 and the wait was worth it. The game managed to achieve the high expectations I had for it. In the game you play as Grace, a singer who through some unfortunate circumstances gains the mysterious power of the muse and the world of the Greek gods living in our modern society is revealed to her. The gods are mistrusting of Grace and accuse her of a crime, giving her only 7 days to prove her innocence. The story gets quite emotional in a few points and the characters are brought to life by a great featuring some of the biggest names in the industry, like Troy Baker and Laura Bailey. And I can already hear you saying, what the heck is a role-playing musical? Well, the role-playing part can be a bit misleading as the game is a narrative adventure where you go through these visual novel-style scenes and the role-playing part is just making dialogue choices that can affect the story. But where the game gets truly awesome are the musical numbers. All major scenes in the game are presented as musical and it just elevates the already emotional story to new heart-wrenching levels. And the decision-making reaches into these scenes as well as you are able to do decisions in the middle of the song, which not only affects the lyrics but also the tone genre and instrumentation of the music. You might want to start the song by choosing the charismatic option, which makes Grace sing with beautiful melodies and with a full orchestra, but then pivot into a more aggressive tone, which cuts down the instruments and makes Grace start to rap against her opponent. And the choices might not just affect the moment in the song, but also affect the motifs found in the songs in the future as well. The system is truly mind-blowing and so cool to experience. Austin Wintry has been sharing some flowcharts of how the songs can go, and there seems to be almost an endless amount of variation, which adds to the replay value. I think everybody should give Stray Gods a try, if you found the premise at least a bit interesting, as the game is a really unique experience. It might not be for everyone, but I really loved it. I'm a bit disappointed that the game seems to have drowned in the sea of great releases this year, but I hope people keep finding and experiencing it. Oh, and I gotta say that it's insane that the game did not get a soundtrack nomination at this year's Game Awards, but it did get a Grammy nomination. But anyways, that's it for me. Go play Stray Gods and have a great day.
10: I'm going to be talking about Octopath Traveler 2, it is my goatee this year, it is also uh, a top 5 game of all time for me. From the story, the narrative, the gameplay, I was completely blown away. Um, you know, All 8 Travelers were actually really awesome, uh, really compelling stories for all of them. I started out with Throne, um, she's a thief, and her whole story is just sad and it drags you in and it's very suspenseful, it makes you want to keep playing. She That story is just blew me away. and You know, all the stories were so good, and the way the game, it makes you actually feel like it's why these travelers are traveling together is so important, is awesome. It was something the first game kind of missed on was, you know, it kind of was like, oh, these eight travelers are traveling together, and there's not really a reason behind it. In this game, they give you interweaving quests between multiple characters. Also, the side quests delve more into the characters. They're not all just fetch quests. Of course, you have your traditional JRPG fetch quests, but some of these quests really expand upon these characters they give you more backstory about them they give you 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 learn more about them it, it's really really awesome another character i really liked was ochet she's a hunter and starts out with these like basically two rival tribes living in the same area you have the humans and then you have the hunters who the hunters are like half animal half human really really cool and, it, and it, it, it's basically a story of union and coming together and looking past each other's differences overall the game was just awesome such good positive vibes and i absolutely loved it i played through it twice uh, once on steam once on ps5 100 percent of it both times but you have eight travelers all eight unique stories so good so absolutely good game got snubbed at the game awards but that's okay because you know different different tastes for everyone I just want to shout out you know, all the travelers, we have Throne, like I said, Temenos, who's a cleric, you have Particio, the merchant, Oswald, the scholar, Ochet, the hunter, like I said earlier, Hikari, the warrior, Casty, the apothecary, and Agnia, the dancer, all of them just so tremendous. Uh, obviously, the art style goes without saying, completely gorgeous, that 2.5 HD art style, like it's just chef's kiss. You can't beat that for a a traditional, you know, classic JRPG. Uh, I really hope we get more of these games. I really, really want an Octopath Traveler 3. I am going to say, if you are going to go for the 100% true ending, you're in for a really tough boss fight for that final, final boss. But it is so worth it when you finally defeat the boss. And get some backstory and how it connects to the first game which is completely awesome overall square enix absolutely killed it once again i can rely on my favorite developer and publisher square enix to deliver with me with a fantastic jrpg thanks for listening love you all have a wonderful wonderful day happy new year love it